0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you
1: Story time. I like to think Shenandoah National Park has a spirit of sorts of its own. I've camped with my old RV, cabined and lodged there dozens of times over the years and have had some atypical experiences. For one, my husband and I will never stay at a cabin in Lewis Mountain ever again for reasons too unbelievable to write out on Reddit. For two, on another particular trip, I swear we were surrounded or followed by feral cats every night. Except there is no mention of feral cats in Shenandoah ever anywhere, or by anyone. For three, once I stupidly went hiking with one other friend a few miles north of Big Meadows. We started on the AT, but took several spontaneous trail spurs that branched off from the AT. We figured if we just followed the post at where the trial splits, we couldn't get too lost as long as we kept genial idea of what direction we were going. At the end of the day, sun was starting to set, we were sweaty and getting tired, and as I looked down the side of the trail, and could see through the thick of the forest a very large lodge built to look like a grand cabin with a sizable parking lot. I thought it was one of the lodging locations the park offers at first, and thought we were unlost for a moment. I figured if it was one of the lodges, we could use the bathroom, grab some food and get back to where we needed to go by walking back on Skyline Drive the only road in the park. So we deviate off the trail and cut across the woods, and make a beeline for the lodge. Except when we got down, the place was completely deserted. It wasn't run down or anything and definitely looked like it was maintained up until some time ago. It was a weekend in the summertime, no reason to close a place like this. I remember all the lights were out, and there were some beautiful stained glass windows. There were exactly zero people around, no cars no anything. If you've been to Shenandoah you would know this is pretty unusual. Anyways, we decided to get back on the trail and eventually found our way out. However, for years now I have been looking for this place by car every time I've been back, and I never seen it again. I've visited all the available lodging locations and could never seem to find the place again. There isn't that many buildings within a few miles of big meadows, and I just don't see where I ended up that one time. More disgusting than anything. Went to Shenandoah National Park in Virginia with a college buddy in my old RV. JMU is super close so he and I took some camping gear from work, and headed up there to catch that per se meteor shower. Hiked a good ways in on an out and back trail that ended with a cliff overlooking the Blue Ridge Mountains and was awestruck. I set up my two-person tent, and he rigged his hammock with a tarp a few yards back, and then we sat on a cliff and watched the stars go by. Here's where life got real for me. We go to bed pretty early that night, and around what I could only guess was 3 AM, I start hearing tapping sounds all around my tiny tent. Now I knew it wasn't rain or him playing a joke on me, so I started to panic a little. At this point I've been fully awake, or alert for 10 minutes, and can still easily hear this tapping. I finally grow a pair and decided turn on my flashlight, and what do I see when looking straight up through the mesh top of this tent? Hundreds and hundreds of centipedes, they were falling like a gentle drizzle all around my tent, and I fled like I was on an Epsioda fear factor. Long story short, I didn't sleep that night obviously, but my buddy who was about 15 feet away was out like a rock. In the morning there were dead centipedes everywhere. I'm normally fine with bug or insects, but not swarms. Don't know how we didn't see any scenty carcasses the day before, or when setting up camp. It was a typical day at work for me. Being a park ranger where part of the land is a swamp is a unique job. Because then certain things need to be done, no different than a fish tank or aquarium. Water is an entire ecosystem all by itself. I was halfway through my shift, and so far, it had been a routine day. All the rangers had their typical route or routes, and I was in the middle of mine. When minding your route, it's not exactly an exact science. It's more along the lines of something you get incredibly familiar with, then you notice when something is off. That's when it's your job to check it out or keep an eye on things. I was just about to keep on driving when I saw something peeking out from behind a cluster of trees. It was early afternoon, so there was plenty of light to point out that it was some kind of vehicle. So once I radioed in what I found, I switched off my car and started walking towards it. The air was thick with humidity and moss was strung around the trees in thick clusters. The humidity around here can take some getting used to, and while I'm mostly used to it, there are some times when it's intense, even for me. Today was one of those times. The promise of a dense rain hung in the air, and it was badly needed. Even the few bugs flying around seemed to be lacking their usual enthusiasm. But one thing that didn't fit was the vehicle which I could see was hidden away between a bunch of shrubs. How did it get here? And even better, how did no one spot it? I could see even from the road that it wasn't a sedan or something that could be easily hidden. As I got closer, I could see it wasn't just a vehicle, it was an RV. And not a modern one either. This was an old one, easily a few decades old. The paint was badly faded which went a long way to help it blend into the background. That's the thing about nature. Given enough time, it'll reclaim anything that's there. It doesn't matter if the environment is forest, swamp, desert, or beach. Nature is nature. Which meant I wasn't surprised that all signs pointed to nature making good progress at reclaiming the RV. It was covered with vines, and as I got close enough to see it in detail, I could see numerous scratches on the side. They were varied in size and length. Some were very shallow, barely making a mark, while others went very deep. They were all over, but most were centered around the front door by the driver's side. What happened to this RV, and how did it get here? It wasn't huge, but it wasn't small either. There was an enormous amount of water around here and it could have conceivably floated in from somewhere, as the beginning of the swamp that went on for miles was right here. The other possibility, that the RV had just been placed here, was a lot more difficult to believe. For starters, there were no tracks leading either to or away from here, and we would have noticed someone bringing it in. So that meant it must have been slowly making its way through the swamp and connected water for a long time. But RVs, even back when this thing was made, were not cheap. So someone had to part with it, either willingly or unwillingly. And it was our job to figure out what this thing was doing here. Just looking at it gave me the creeps. There was no telling what lurked inside. Fortunately, I was saved from further speculation by my fellow park ranger and good friend Trent, who had just pulled up in his truck. He'd been on the job a year longer than I had, which meant he'd been here five years. Hey Charlie, he said to me as he stepped out of the truck. Is this it? Sure is. You ever seen it around here before? He shook his head. Nope. Have you? Never. That's weird. You're pretty observant, just like a few others are. Thanks you're no slouch yourself appreciate it so how did we not see it best i can think of is that it floated down here you could see it happening by how the land slopes down something that size plus filled with who knows how much water i could easily see it right trent put his hands on his hips and stared at it but something like that doesn't just get rid of itself there's got to be some objective reason and motivation to dump it. I see what you're saying. Uh huh. The only question is why? I took a step closer to the old RV, and for the first time, I was able to see through the front windows. That was when I realized why the bugs around here seemed to be lacking their usual enthusiasm. I could see them crawling on the windows from the inside, and those that were outside were floating around it in a thick layer. That was all the cue I needed to radio in for even more rangers to help investigate whatever was inside. Because bugs just don't swarm somewhere for no reason. When the other rangers showed up, they slowly opened the RV door, and the smell hit us like a truck. It was so bad it made my eyes water. But Max and a few other rangers put on bandanas and looked inside. The rest of us stayed outside and kept watch until they returned a few minutes later. They wasted no time in shutting the door again before they get rid of their bandanas, and took deep breaths of fresh air. There's nothing inside but some weird writing on the walls and some candles that were used once for something, but are now just small stubs of wax. Max said. What do you think? Trent asked. Someone used this camper for something. Nothing good, I'd imagine. That smell doesn't come from nowhere. No doubt. I have no idea what's written inside the camper, but it didn't exactly seem like something pleasant. I won't lie, I didn't like being in there for one minute, and that's not even because of the smell. Max took out his phone and swiped through it before he held it up for us to see. There were pictures of the RV's interior, which was just as old and faded as the outside. Definitely a throwback. Ancient carpets, cabinets that were older than I was, and curtains that were probably last in stores decades ago. But there was something more than that. The strange writing dotting the walls in several places made me feel weird uneasy it didn't take me long enough to have enough of a look at the place and trent felt the same way once the team finished logging the find and reporting it to the authorities we put a barricade up around it and went back to the ranger station after enough time the smell that had seemed to cling to everything began to dissipate but i also began to feel slightly chilled not freezing but like the temperature had dropped a few degrees. I chalked it up to the storm system rumored to be coming in later. When I was about to take my lunch, I grabbed my stuff from the fridge and looked for Trent so I could let him know what was up. Trent, I called out. No response. Trent, I raised my voice louder. Still no response. I started walking around to look for him He wasn't anywhere in the ranger station, but he couldn't have gone far. I had no reason to think anything was amiss, but after finding the RV, I was a tiny bit wary. Because even after all these years, I couldn't shake the old feelings that anyone raised around here inherited from a thousand campfire stories. And they all had the same message. Be careful of the swamps, or better yet, stay out altogether. Part of it is just tradition. For centuries, people warned others about venturing into a swamp. And as someone who has spent a lot of time in one as part of his job, I won't deny that a swamp can seem a bit otherworldly at times. Especially if it's a huge one filled with water. It's certainly captivating, but it can also be a bit overwhelming. Because if the woods can be both majestic and intimidating, A swamp is in a whole league of its own. There's nothing like being in a boat and seeing an alligator sitting or swimming nearby. And there's certainly nothing like being out here at night and seeing nothing but hearing a huge splash in the water. I stepped back outside into the thick humidity and called Trent's name again. What's up? That was when he came around the side and looked at me. There you are. I sighed. I just wanted to tell you I'm grabbing my lunch. Oh, thanks, I'll grab mine too if you don't mind. Not at all. I turned and held the door as he stepped inside, and I followed. He grabbed his lunch, and we settled down. I stepped outside for a moment because I thought I saw someone lingering outside. He said before he took a bite of his sandwich. And did you? I asked while I used my fork to scoop up some potato salad. No, but I swear I thought someone was out there watching us from down the road. It happens. Yeah. That RV we found is creepy. Sure is. All the info is going to the appropriate agencies to see if they're looking for anything like it. If they are, they'll take it and if not, it'll be disposed of. Either way, I won't be sorry to see it gone. The smell alone is awful. I've never smelled anything like that in my life, and you know I've spent my entire life outdoors and in nature. I nodded. I do. I've smelled plenty of bad stuff, but that was different. He paused while he picked up a few potato chips. This is gonna sound weird, but I don't feel good after being around it. Not like I feel ill or something, but like I feel off. Know what I mean? Yes. Trent leaned in closer, like he was worried about being overheard. Do you feel the same way? A little bit. I don't disagree that thing was beyond disturbing. Something about it just rubbed me the wrong way. It's all too weird. Exactly. Listen, I don't blame you for being a little nervous when you couldn't find me. So let's stick together for the rest of the day. No going anywhere alone, just as a precaution. Sounds good to me. Cool. So we did just that for the rest of the day, which turned out to be slow and uneventful. But as we were closing up to leave, The storm that had been lingering finally started, and rain started to come down in thick sheets. Trent and I briefly looked at it before we glanced back at each other. Well, hope you have a good night, he said. You too. Drive carefully. You as well. Then we both ran to our respective cars, started them up, and pulled out of the lot and down the road. I was in the lead and when I reached the road, I took a left, Trent went to the right, and we each gave the other a farewell hog before parting ways. The rain came down in heavy waves, and in no time at all, the road was drenched. It came down heavily for about 15 minutes, which meant it had lightened up considerably by the time I got home. As I opened my window to use my pass to get inside, the smell of fresh rain hit me, and I felt immediately invigorated. The humidity had also considerably lessened, which meant it felt like it was at least 15 degrees colder from earlier. When the gate to my apartment building opened, I pulled into the garage and parked in my reserved spot. Then I headed to the elevator and rode it to my apartment, which was on the fifth floor. Once inside, I flipped on the TV. After about an hour of that, I heated up some leftover chicken and mashed potatoes while I watched a movie. Although the rain had slowed down somewhat from earlier, it still came down steadily all night, so it pounded on the building in a rhythm I've always found calming. Since I was in the mood for some ice cream, I eventually headed to the kitchen to grab some from the freezer, and on a whim, I decided to look outside the window. My kitchen overlooks the main road, and it gleamed in the night on account of the rain. There were several street lights outside, which gave the area some illumination. I was just about to turn around and get my ice cream when I saw it. From across the street, near an abandoned strip mall, stood a figure. I couldn't make out exactly who it was, but the shape was tall, and all black, and stood there watching my apartment. It was the last one that unsettled me. The figure stood there, looking straight up at my apartment. I had no idea if I'd been seen, but it didn't matter to me. The only clothing I could make out was a jacket complete with a black hood, which was hiding the face of whoever it was. I took a deep breath and tried to think logically, while ignoring the panic flooding through my body. After a minute or two, I took out my phone and dialed the only number I could think of. Someone's watching your apartment, Trent said without hesitation when he answered. Yes. My stomach clenched as he spoke, because I knew what it meant. Same thing there? Yeah, just standing there, watching. Same here. What do we do? He paused. What can we do? Nothing's going on, so all we can do is sit and watch, and if something happens, act accordingly. Trent was right. Nothing was going on, and I was never more thankful I lived in an apartment building on the fifth floor. I suppose I should say good luck. You too. You know where to find me in case. Likewise. Then I hung up. Then I grabbed my chair, set it up, and watched, and watched, and watched some more. But the figure didn't do anything, didn't even seem to move. Eventually, I dozed off, but woke up several hours later, having temporarily forgotten what I was doing, and why I was sitting there. The figure was gone. I didn't know if that was good or bad so i quickly got up and went to every window to look around nothing there either then i called trent he answered on the second ring yeah whoever it was is gone really no sign of anything or anyone anywhere what about you a semi-truck just drove past and blocked everything from view give me a moment Then I heard a sharp intake of breath. Nothing here either. Then I heard him move around, no doubt to check the other windows. Nothing, I asked after a minute. No. All gone. Nice. Well, I suppose we should try to get some sleep. But you know where to find me. Back at ya. Good night. Then I headed to bed taking care to put my phone close by. To my surprise, I actually slept well. So well, I almost forgot what had happened and drove to work in a good mood. The rain was gone, and everything felt crisp and bright. When I saw Trent at the coffee shop we both stopped at before work, he had the same upbeat attitude. But then we arrived at the park and saw numerous fire department vehicles around once we showed our ids we were let in and it didn't take us long to find perry our boss lurking around the station with the other rangers perry approached us with a weary expression the smoke was dense and the entire place smelled like ash someone made the call early this morning at about three smelled smoke and they figured out it was coming from here that old rv you guys found someone set it on fire late last night dumped gasoline on it and lit a match all that's left is a few bits of metal and a lot of ash you're kidding trent said perry shook his head we have some camera footage of a figure or two in black walking around but that's it the funny thing is we heard back and no one needs the rv for anything not in connection with any important matter we might as well head inside it'll be a while we followed perry inside the ranger station and once he headed to his office we saw max and a few others who had been there yesterday and they looked exhausted and trent and i both said so i had the worst night's sleep ever max mumbled while rubbing his eyes i couldn't get comfortable and every time I did doze off, I had weird hazy dreams. Can't remember anything, except I woke up nervous and panting, like I'd been running from something. From the expressions on their face, I could tell without asking that the others had a similar experience. Oh well, Max continued. And between us, I'm not too upset about someone using that RV as firewood. I nodded. Me either. While camping with my Girl Scout troop in a farmhouse, we found that one of the bedrooms was swarming with ladybugs. Cute, seemingly harmless ladybugs. Most of the ceiling was moving with them. The troop leaders insisted it was fine, but while going to sleep in a different room that night, and watching a few bugs trickle into the room gave me vivid flashbacks to a traumatizing dream I had about being swarmed by spiders as a very very young child. I cannot handle bug swarms to this day. I have no idea how you were able to handle those centipedes. I'd rather take a mountain lion or bear. This took place 20 years ago in Amman, Jordan. I don't remember the exact date, but it was June 1997 around midnight. I was 17 at the time, my sister was 14. She was trying to get to sleep in her bedroom, but it was a hot night, so she got up and opened the window. As she got back in her bed, something crawled through the window and stood at the foot of her bed. It was fairly dark in the room with only dim light coming through the window. She saw a winged creature almost as tall as the ceiling, dark black with a crest on the top of its head like a pterodactyl. She couldn't make out any facial features or tell the texture of the body other than a slight sheen on the side, the light was hitting it. The most notable feature she noticed was its blazing red eyes as she described them. When she locked eyes with the creature, a feeling of shock, dread, and fear took over her. She wanted to scream, but no sound came out. She couldn't move or look away. She felt the creature tell her to not make a sound in her mind, as if it knew she was trying to scream. This lasted for about 30 seconds as the creature stared at her silently and motionless. Suddenly. The creature turned towards the window and darted outside like a spear with a whoosh sound as it exited. We lived in a fifth-story apartment with a 50-foot drop out the window. A few seconds passed, and she let out the most blood-curdling scream I have ever heard, which made me jump out of bed in my bedroom and dash towards her room. I flipped the light switch on as I burst through her bedroom door to see her sitting up in her bed white as a ghost, shaking and crying. My parents woke up and came running to her room as well. It took about 10 minutes for her to calm down enough to speak coherently. She told us that she had a nightmare. A couple of days later, she told me what actually happened. She seemed reluctant and scared to recall the details of the other night. I didn't know what to make of it, and we didn't speak of it again as I felt that would be best at the time. Fast forward 20 years, and I'm reading an article about the Chicago Phantom. The more eyewitness accounts I read about, the more I thought of that night. I decided to contact my sister, and tell her about what I'd been reading. She seemed to get mad about me bringing this back up for her. She retold me what happened and is still terrified to this day. She is angry with me for bringing the memory back to light for her, but I convinced her that the story needs to get out there because of what everyone is seeing in Chicago. Hopefully, this account helps somehow, and sheds more light on whatever this thing was, if indeed it is the same creature that's turning up in Chicago. I was driving home. It was the summer of 2005, July correction or annotation appears on screen. Actually, it was the last week of June. I was driving down the highway. I was in the little Mazda car I had at the time. Out of the corner of my eye, on my right, I, through the windshield, saw what looked like a giant black bag or something flying in the sky. I was right about here when I first noticed it points to a spot along the highway as he drives annotation. This is the entrance lane of highway 12 heading north or east from Walla Walla. I noticed over to my side. I didn't pay any attention because I thought it was a black bag flying around. It was right about over there points to a place over a field. And I looked back at the highway. I was driving. I got up here to the waystation annotation, waystation 51. Here's the airport to the left annotation, Walla Walla Airport. The waystation is right up here. Right after I got around the corner of this waystation, I saw it with my own eyes. It was like humanoid-like. It was human. I think it was humanoid because I discovered this thing was filmed in Mexico a month before. As I was going around this corner right here, this is the way station, this way station. I got right here, and I could see it right here up in the sky, so I pulled over right here. I pulled over right by this guardrail. I got out right here. I stopped right here at this guardrail, and it's flying above the wires, going in that direction east to west. It's flying across the sky like that. Just like that uses a crack in his windshield to show the direction it moved. Anyway, the next thing I did, I got out and I was standing there watching it. It went across the highway and was going across that field and angled towards that hill back there. See that, way back there in the fog. Points towards a field that one. See how it's higher than the rest of the stuff around it. The next thing I did, I got back on the highway. I raced up here to Sapalil and took a left turn, so I could follow it that way. I got around the corner here, and took a left turn on Sapolil, so I could get in front of it. It was quite the experience. I took a turn right here at Sapalil. I went down the road. As I was driving along here, I got right here, and I could see it on my left. It wasn't that far over. It was right over there, oh about, I'd say, a quarter of a mile, half a mile, probably about a half a mile. I continued on up the road because he was already to this hump. I'm telling you, he touched that hump of that hill. It glided across the sky, and used that hump over there to propel itself. He was heading directly to this silo up here points toward a silo in a straight line almost. I got right up here in this intersection. This back road intersection. I tell you, there's no traffic out here at all. I got to this little four-way intersection right here and I stopped. I got out of my vehicle. What I did was I turned around. I did a U-turn. I stopped right here. See the silo. He was coming right across the sky. He came at me. After my first stop back there on the highway. I could tell it was floating on some sort of triangular device. It looked like red hippity hops, and I said this before online a dozen times. And I'm not crazy, I know what I saw. Anyway, I got here, I got out of the vehicle here at Sapelo, and he was, I would say, 50 yards away. He got right up to about 50 yards away. I would say he was 20 yards off the ground at the max and he turned, and he started going off at that angle, I tried to follow him, I went down the road that way, but he went behind the trees back there, and he went right up over between those hilltops there, that one, and that one points at a hill and some trees, and he disappeared back in there, and mind you, the airport way back over there, so, I don't know, something strange going on around here. I got close enough to see this thing, and I watched a lot of the Patterson film, and I watched a lot of Sasquatch films, and I know what I saw. And you know what, I think it's military because I saw a cinch-like seam on his leg that made it appear like he was wearing boots. Some of the details I forgot to tell is when I stopped on the street. It had something hanging from the side that I thought was a dead dog. When I reached Sapalil and Smith Road. I was pretty confident, it was a small dog. It was a dead dog hanging on a rope about three or four feet long. It craned its head at me when it turned and floated across the sky away from me, it turned its head like an owl. I mean its head stayed fixated on me as its body turned. I saw plenty of hair, I saw its face. I feel that people tend to criticize other stories like these and make that person feel like they're insane. Regardless of that, here's my story. On the night of May 18.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: 2016. I was playing a popular online console game called Call of Duty Black Ops 3. I am an avid gamer, and tend to lose time when playing this game. During the wait between matches, I would watch random YouTube videos that popped up in the recommended section on the side of the screen. I'm sure many of you have had this happen to you, but somehow I ended up in the section about space, time travel and aliens. Some of the videos questioned the origins of humanity, if UFOs were real and the different types of aliens that have visited earth. After spending a few hours on the game, and watching these videos I looked at one of my monitor screens to check the time, and noticed it was past midnight somewhere around 1am, I don't remember specifically. I decided it was pretty late, and needed to get some sleep. So, I turned off the console and hopped in bed. For some reason I could not get comfortable lying in bed normally. So I pretty much slept upside-down meaning feet to the headboard, head to the foot of the bed. I know strange, but it worked and I fell asleep. Now this next part is important to the scenery of the room. If I could draw a picture and upload it I would. But I don't believe that to be an option on this specific site. I have a pretty nerdy gaming setup. I've always been into video games since I was a kid and friends of mine today say that I am an undercover nerd because of all the electronics I have. My setup consists of 3 monitors, a custom built PC, all the bells and whistles for live streaming video games, etc. Most nights I don't turn my monitors off, because when the computer goes into sleep mode the monitors just go black. You may be asking why I'm even typing all this out, but trust me, it becomes relevant to the rest of the event, which I'll get into now. So here I am starting to get really tired and my eyes begin to close. I don't remember going to sleep, but I do remember waking up. I woke up to the strangest feeling. I thought I was having a nightmare, and remembered that if you know you're dreaming, then you're not dreaming anymore. I was awake, very awake, and I could not move my body, My head was faced towards my nerdy gaming setup, and all three of my monitors were doing that hazy, static, white and grey projection that everyone's seen in scary films. The weird part is that they have never done that before, ever. The light emitted from the monitors was so bright, that I did not notice what was standing next to me at first. I have a king size bed on a frame that puts the mattress pretty high. This thing was at about eye level with me, so it had to have been about 4 feet tall. As I said, I could not move my body at all during this entire time, I could however move my eyes. I tried my hardest to turn my head, make a noise and scream but nothing would come out. I was paralyzed looking at this thing that got even more terrifying by the second. I started panicking and began convulsing violently because I didn't know what was happening. I could see this thing looking right into my eyes with its huge, dark, glossy black ovals as eyes, and skin that seemed almost lizard, and really dark grey color. Eventually, I just blacked out after staring at this thing for a few very long seconds. I've never had a seizure, I've seen someone have them multiple times, but I have never had one myself. That is the only word I can think of that relates to what happened to my body after I began panicking. But if you have a seizure, you don't know you're having a seizure. So, what happened? After blacking out I came to, still lying backward in my bed. All the lights were off in the room, the monitors were pitch black, and it almost seemed like everything was back to normal. I just laid there for probably 10 to 15 minutes, petrified as to what I just experienced. After slowly getting the courage to get out of bed and tactically checked my apartment for intruders, I sat down at my computer and looked at the time. I don't recall the exact time I got into bed, but I do recall the time difference between when I got into bed and when I got out of bed after the whole experience. The difference in time was only 30 minutes. So, within 30 minutes, all of this happened. It wasn't a dream. It was as real as I've ever seen anything in my life. I made an attempt at drawing what I had seen before my eyes, which is attached to this post. I told this story to my mother, and surprisingly, she believed me. Just so you know, I am 23, a combat veteran, and I don't scare easily. This is my attempt at letting you all know that I have been in pretty stressful situations, and not turned into a wimp like I did on this night. To be honest I quite enjoy scary movies, I find them kind of funny. But this thing was absolutely terrifying, and not being able to control my body while this happened made it even more traumatic. I wanted to type this up to get the word out because I know some people have had other experiences like this but are confused and frightened like I was and am. If something similar has happened to you, know that you're not alone out there. I was a skeptic about this type of thing beforehand, and I believe that is the smartest way to go about life until you are certain something is real with personal experience. There are a lot of videos and stories on the internet that are extremely fake, so definitely question everything you see if you're skeptical as well. However, after this night, I am full-heartedly a believer. Aliens are real, and they are terrifying. I'm a truck driver, and I was heading east on I-80 up through to Illinois. I had stayed the night, well, the afternoon in Des Moines, Iowa to get some sleep. I got a fresh eight hours of sleep, and I had just got on the road it was about dusk, and the sun was just about to set. I was driving, and I saw a figure just ahead of me on I-80, and it was right on the side of the road. When I say right on the side of the road, I don't mean in the grass. Its toes were right on the white line. I slowed down a little bit to kind of see what was going on there and maybe avoid it. When I got about 50 yards from it, I got down to about 50 miles per hour and I could see it clearly. I had my brights on and everything. It was a man. Well, it looked like a man about maybe 5 foot 9, or 5 foot 10. Couldn't have been more than a hundred pounds soaking wet. And when I got up to him he looked at me, and I kid you not, he had no eyes, no mouth, no nostrils. There was no orifice on his face. He was pale white. No hair, no features whatsoever. There was a, it looked like a skeleton with bleached white skin. He was just kind of standing there facing me. I slowed down and as soon as I saw his face, he looked up at me. Boy, I flipped the hammer down from Illinois all the way to Chicago. I never looked back. My blood ran cold. My hair stood up. It was one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen in my life. I was selling a motorcycle. The guy lived a few hours away, and wanted to know a lot of information. So over the course of a couple of days we emailed back and forth. He asked for pictures of this, pictures of that, details etc. Then we spent another day negotiating a price via email. Finally he made an acceptable offer, and I emailed that it was good. Then I never heard from him again. Two days went by, and I emailed asking when he wanted to come get it. His reply was, Oh, I don't have that much money. Put a body kit up on Craigslist, and got contacted about a guy that lived about two hours away that wanted to come and buy it. I was working night shift at a bowling alley at the time, he called me about 6 pm on a Saturday night, that he was almost in town to pick it up. I reminded him that we had not arranged a meeting place nor time. Also I was at work for another 8 hours, and the kit was 30 minutes away at my parents. He then began to blow up my phone bitching that he and his friend took off of work, and rented a van to come pick it up. Sorry bud, not my fault. The closest I have was when I was selling a 97 Corvette on Craigslist in 2012. It was in good shape and mechanically sound. I knew what the car was worth and had it priced fairly at 15k. I start getting hits from a guy who lives about an hour away about the car, and eventually he wants to see it. So we meet halfway in a Walmart parking lot. He leaves me the keys to his Denali. And takes it for a spin with his wife, still manages to do a big burnout on his way out which whatever, that's what those cars are for. He comes back and asks if I would take 14k, I say sure, we plan to meet there again next week, I say I want a cashier's check, and he should bring his license so we can do a bill of sale as I would be pulling the plates. Fast forward the next weekend, we meet up again, He says he wants another test drive before he pulls the trigger. I say go for it when he hands me the keys to his Denali and off he goes again. 20 minutes later her rolls back up and says, I don't know something feels off, can't put his finger on it. I as what it is or could be, he says he just doesn't quite know. I ask him what he wants to do, and he offers me 12k. At that point I laughed at him, and throw him his keys and say, let me know if you change your mind as I hop back in my car. Then he stops me and says, no, I do want it. What about 13? At this point, I realize he either brought all the money or he isn't going to buy it. So I say the 14 we agreed on or deals off. He pulls out a cashier's check for 12K and then gives me the other 2,500 in cash so he had planned such an attack. Oh well, turned out fine for me, it just bothers me people are always up for trying weasel you out of money. Sold an iPhone on about three years ago and met the buyer in a grocery store parking lot. The dude looked precisely like one of the cousins from Breaking Bad, even down to the Boots. He told me if there was anything wrong with the phone, there were, ways of finding me. He then tried to give me $1.75 less than what we agreed to. When I corrected him, he stared me down for about 15 seconds, then handed the remaining money to me. After that show of bravery, I immediately changed my number, deleted that email, and haven't been on Craigslist since. I'm currently on vacation in northern Maine, at some family's houses near Moosehead Lake. Earlier this morning, I was walking along the edge of the lake, and saw a large animal. Surface briefly. Managed to take three photos I'm sending your way. It was a grayish blue, with no real identifiable traits. Skin looked smooth and had some lighter stripes. At least two of them, right next to each other. That surfacing was really short, and then they disappeared. I do not believe these are fish or seals, but I can't confidently rule anything out. Hopefully, you will be able to spread the word and maybe get something more conclusive. If you want more information, let me know. Apologies for the blurry photographs Going to attempt some better stuff tomorrow, maybe I'll see something. I lived in Germany as a kid in the 70s. As we lived on a US military base, two of our favorite places to hang out were the MP guard shack near base housing and the gorgeous German woods. Gen X feral children pretty much saw as much beauty as strange. At that time it wasn't uncommon to come across a tunnel or World War II stuff while in the woods. The one thing that stands out was seeing a person from a US military wanted poster in the woods just behind the base. We had seen the poster in the MP shack and recognized him immediately. At first they didn't take us seriously because we were kids, They did go look after as we each independently had said something like, third picture down on the right in the guard shack. There was a group declared a terrorist organization operating in the area at that time known to engage in bombings, kidnappings, and political assassination. Targets included us military, police, and other groups. I'm glad the group didn't directly aim to kill children as he knew we recognized him. He went one way, we went the other. Never found him. So not as fascinating as some of the stories on here, but very real the same. When my parents left, I had a mix of emotions of happiness and worry, but that's not important. It was around 10 PM at night and I had gone downstairs to feed my dog and I realized my back door was wide open. This wasn't unusual because I normally leave it open for my dog to run around outside, and my back garden is fenced off, so I normally don't worry. After feeding my dog I went to the door and closed it and locked it. When I went back upstairs I thought I heard a noise of shuffling from somewhere around my house, but I just shrugged it off as my dog getting into her bed. I live on the third floor of the house so I have to get up on a ladder to get into my room. I sat there playing games for a couple hours, and I was about to sleep when it was around 1pm, but decided to get food before sleeping. As I entered the kitchen I found the kitchen door open a bit not fully, but enough for a person to fit through it. I dismissed it as my memory thinking that I had forgot to close it. Even though I swore I did as I was walking through the living room, I saw my dog sat in a corner looking scared and worried. For context my dog is a small French bulldog incapable of hurting anyone, so seeing her like this worried me avid, but sometimes she gets scared at little things so I didn't think anything about it. Anyways fast forward to me being back upstairs. I felt myself drifting off whistled watching some random TV show I can't remember. When I heard my downstairs stairs creak this at first worried me, but due to how tired I was, I didn't realize what the sound actually was at the time. I started drifting off again until at one point, I fell completely asleep. I remember waking up to a sound, I didn't know what it was so. I slowly opened my eyes, and to my absolute horror, a man with half of his body peering through the hatch leading up to my room. Somehow I don't know how I managed to pretend, I didn't see anything and closed my eyes, hoping the man would go away. I would say it was about 30 seconds before I heard the creak of my ladders as the man went down the ladders, but honestly it felt like hours. As I heard the door close to my brother's room, which you have to walk through to get to my stairs, I reached for my phone and dialed the police quicker than I could think. Surprisingly, it took them near minutes to show up to my house and did a quick sweep of my house to no avail. I slept at my grandma's for the night, but in all honestly, I didn't get any sleep. From then on, I was too scared to be home alone at all and I always remember to lock my doors now. Not the middle of nowhere, but I remember I was in maybe fourth grade, could have been a little older, and my friend and I were talking about how much we wanted da Ouija board. We were on a horror movie kick. I was spending a lot of weekends sleeping over her house, and watching B-list horror movies lol. Well after our talk about wanting a Puija board, we decided to walk yo my house, which is several blocks away 15 minutes walk. A few blocks from my house, there was a pile of garbage outside this business, and right on top, opened up, out of the box, there was an old Ouija board. No joke it was the craziest thing. My dad wouldn't allow it in the house lol. I was 17 years old left alone from Thursday to Sunday with our family's dog, who was pretty small and starting to have trouble climbing stairs in his old age. I'd be working every morning while my parents were out of town. Came home from my shift on Friday, and everything about the kitchen table was a mess. Napkins were taken out of the holder, all of the mail was thrown on the floor salt and pepper shaker on the other side of the kitchen but together, and one of the chairs pulled far away from the table. Our dog's never done anything like this, and I'd be especially surprised if he was even capable of climbing on top of the table. I reset it all. Saturday, I come back to find the exact same configuration. Don't have the pictures anymore, but every detail was just as I found it the day before. Pretty much the entire night, I'm convinced there's gonna be a ghost coming to get me, and I sleep horribly and barely rest for work on Sunday. I leave for work, and make sure the place was orderly when I left, because I knew my parents would be back before I was out of work. When I go on my lunch break, I call my mom and ask about all of the details from the past two days, and she just goes, yeah, why did you leave such a mess? She didn't get pictures so I can't verify how similar the mess was, but regardless I can't believe my old dog would have done that, for the details three consecutive days, and I don't even know if he was strong enough to move the chairs or climb on the table. Only time anything like this ever happened while I was left alone. The creepiest thing I ever saw in the woods hands down wasn't in the middle of nowhere, but behind our house on Durfee Avenue across from Leg Lake in California. As the map in the link shows this was hardly the deep wilderness, but our backyard ended in a cliff overlooking the Witter Narrows natural area, a small national park. There we would see deer, coyotes that the park rangers denied existed. Lull coyotes are everywhere in Ella County, and red-tailed hawks all the time. My sisters and I would go walking in the park occasionally looking for wildlife and birds. One day we followed a deer trail to a clearing covered in torn bloody clothes. Saw no body parts, but there were blood covered and shredded women's underclothes and blouses. We got out of there an S.A.P. and told the rangers, but they refused to believe a bunch of kids. I thought a bear might have been responsible, but my mom thought it more likely the work of the, the skid row stabber who was in the papers at the time. My brother 12 and I 14 were alone at home, while our mom was away somewhere, probably away for work or SMTH. It was like 1 AM, And it was raining like crazy. I was about to head to bed, and I saw my brother had turned off his room's lights as well. I went to bed and fell asleep. My sleep was promptly interrupted by loud banging on glass. It was coming from our living room's glass door. I was scared a little but decided to check. I opened my door a tiny bit my room was straight across from the living room's glass door and take a peek through our almost pitch black living room toward the glass door and spot someone on the other side of the glass standing in the pouring rain. I couldn't really make out what that person looked like, and I didn't really try to find out, as I immediately pulled myself backward to prevent him from seeing me. The banging didn't seem to stop, and it was mind-numbingly loud. It really felt like the glass was about crack at any moment. I got on my knees and hands and tried to crouch toward my brother's room checking if he's okay. There were some chairs in the line of sight towards the floor, so while crouching it would have been hard to spot me. I got to my brother's room and opened it. He was terrified sitting in his bed in the corner of the room. And just as I was about to grab the phone and call the police the banging stopped. I decided not to call because I am introverted AF and I honestly was just really tired so I went to sleep. To this day, I do not know who that was. I was in the desert last week climbing a mountain, where there was no trail, and stumbled across some rocks that looked like a person piled them on top of each other. The first thing I thought was that it looked like someone buried a body there. Not even five seconds later, I looked over and saw a very large bone that looked like it belonged to an arm or a leg. I took a photo and saved the coordinates. I told a few people who work in ecology, but they were going back and forth on whether it was human or bighorn sheep. Bighorn sheep are in the area. They finally decided on sheep, but it still kind of freaks me out. Many years ago when my now 28-year-old daughter was still an infant me her and our dog were at the apartment we were living in at the time. My wife was at work, I was sitting on the couch watching TV, my daughter was asleep on a blanket pallet on the floor, and the dog a German Shepherd or Wolf hybrid mix was about 10 feet away laying in the doorway between our kitchen and the living room area. At any rate, I was watching whatever it was that I was watching when all of a sudden, Thor our dog starts with this low-level, guttural growling. I figure that he had heard someone in another apartment or walking by through the parking lot, and don't think much of it. As a few seconds pass, I notice that it's getting louder and I can see out of the corner of my eye that he has lifted his head up off his paws, his ears are perked, and he's looking up at the ceiling over where my daughter was laying. I look up, don't see anything, tell him to knock it off. Right after I tell him to knock it off, he jumps up, starts circling my sleeping daughter literally walking around the pallet she's laying on, and growling more and more intensely even stopping once and outright snarling and snapping his teeth. All while staring up at the ceiling after about two minutes of this, and me having no clue on what to do since I can't see anything, and I do not want to reach for my daughter with him circling her like that. He laid down next to my daughter, rested his head on her back, and stayed there for almost an hour, still intently staring up at the ceiling and occasionally growling. To this day, I have no idea what the hell was going on, or what he saw or sensed but it was extremely creepy to me. I'm not sure this post belongs here, or if it's better suited for the glitch sub, but I keep thinking about it, and it was just so weird. I chose hypnagogic as flare, but it's probably properly hypnopompic. Yesterday morning, I woke up around 7.45 a.m. to my cell phone ringing, I didn't bother to answer, because for the last two weeks I have been getting spam calls early in the morning from an unknown number. When I have answered it in the past, there has only been silence, so I ignored my phone. It woke me up enough that I got up to use the restroom. When I returned to my bed, I picked up my phone, and was surprised to see that I had a missed call from my mom's landline 12 minutes prior. My mom is in her 80s, and would normally be asleep, unless something was wrong. My older sister lives with her, and I knew if something was wrong, she would call in too and my phone would be blowing up. But after all, it was from the landline, and I found that odd. So of course I called back. And of course my mom sleepily answered, asking if I was okay. I said, I'm okay, are you okay? My phone woke me up, and it said I had a missed call from you. She said no, she was asleep and so was my sister. Now, if the missed call was from her cell, I would have dismissed this as maybe her rolling over on it, or accidentally calling me somehow. But it absolutely was from the landline. She has an old cordless with physical buttons, and no memory dial. I apologized and told her to get back to sleep. Later, I wanted to show my sister that the landline had called my phone early in the morning, but when I went to my missed call log, there was no such call on the list. So the only thing I can think of is I was dreaming, and continued to dream as I went to the bathroom, came back, checked the phone, only to be awake when I called my mom. I was awake the rest of the day after that. I didn't go back to sleep. I don't know, it's been on mine since. I know phantom phone calls are thing, but could I really have been having such a realistic lucid dream or hallucination? Me and two of my cousins found a girl's clothes back in the woods in Akron, Ohio when I was little right off of east market on Maslin road in ellet by this small dam that people used to swim in some random tissues and stuff like that were laying around too a purple and white arizona jean shirt and the rest of her clothes all of them we were nine or ten and the clothes looked like she was probably around our age that was the worst feeling we didn't even talk that much It just got really awkward and kept walking. Later into my teens, people used to tell some pretty crazy stories about those woods and a lot of it was supported by things we would find back there wandering around, little campsites and just a bunch of really bizarre shit. This happened when I was around five years old at my home. I was in the bedroom and my mom was sleeping in the bed. I was awake. Then I noticed that there was something lying on the chair by the desk that looked like a cat at first. By the way at the moment our family had a cat and a dog, and I remember seeing both of them in the room. It was a one bedroom apartment so don't be surprised that we all were in this room at once. When I approached the chair to see what kind of cat it was, I saw that it was a weird creature or an entity with a body of a cat and a head in the form of a pumpkin. As most little children, I didn't feel fear, but rather interest. I decided to pet it, but when I tried to do so, the creature who had been sleeping prior to this moment suddenly hissed at me, which scared me. So after I removed my hand, it went back to sleep. The cat and the dog were minding their own view signs, not noticing anything strange. For many years I had been sure that it was not a dream, and told this story to my friends when we had conversations about paranormal situations we encountered in our lives. But as I grew older the feeling they, this was absolutely real faded away, and I started questioning this experience, assuming that it was just a vivid dream of a child. But several years ago, I stumbled upon a post in a group of our country's local social network that described the very same creature. I was astonished. Unfortunately, I can't find this post now to reread it. Later, I came back to this memory several times and tried to Google it, but never found any other accounts. Also this took place in Russia in the early 2000s where there was no Halloween culture with all this pumpkin stuff. But I admit that I can still see such an imagery in an American movie, and just forget about it. Interestingly enough, when you google, a cat with a pumpkin head, there are plenty of images of this kind. I think the one that I saw looked more natural. I mean the pumpkin didn't have cut out holes and the head was a part of the body, not just something worn on the head. Have anyone heard of or encountered a creature like the one I described? I am rather skeptical to this story, but would be interested in hearing more if anyone has something to tell. So, this thing happened about four years ago but I'm still thinking about it. I was in my parents' house, chatting with my friends online, and it was around 2 AM. I decided to go to the bathroom, but the moment I sat down on the toilet, I heard three loud knocks on the door. I didn't say anything because I assumed if it's any of my family members, they can wait until I get out. After that, I heard some noises from the living room nearby which sounded a lot like someone grabbing something from the table. So, I was pretty sure it was my dad who knocked, and now he's waiting for me to come out in the living room. I left the bathroom to an empty living room, and then I saw that all the family members were deeply sleeping. I asked them the next day if they knocked on the door, and they said no. Any ideas about what happened? I'm not the biggest believer in the paranormal. But this experience is something unexplainable to me.